You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Welcome to the Ducks Unlimited podcast, the only podcast about all things waterfowl. From hunting insights to science-based discussions about ducks, geese, and issues affecting waterfowl and wetlands conservation in North America, we bring the resource to you. The DU Podcast with your host, Dr. Mike Brazier. Today we are again joined by Dr. Mike Schumer from the State University of New York College of Environmental Science and Forestry, but this time to discuss the recent and upcoming cold snap in the eastern U.S. and what it might mean for duck migration. Mike, welcome back to the show. Thank you very much. To get right into this, the way this works, I believe, uh, well, how about I just let you tell us how this works, how you, what's the frequency with which you post these these duck migration forecasts, when do you start, and then when's the last one that you post for a given year? Yeah, much uh, much to my my wife's chagrin, I think, it's a, I work on it Sunday afternoon and Sunday evening um, for the coming week. Um, and, and pull weather data from several key locations in the Mississippi and Atlantic Flyway, or at least places that affect birds of the Mississippi and Atlantic Flyway. Um, and then, you know, from that, uh, look at where these weather severity index thresholds are met for different species, um, and then produce, you know, some comment on where it looks like the greatest likelihood of, of bird movement is, is going to be. Um, we start them around the beginning of October, um, and they go all the way till the end of January. Um, that covers pretty much most of the waterfall hunting seasons for the for the uh, Mississippi and Atlantic Flyway um, on the U.S. side, at least. And we do an early season forecast, which is kind of me sticking my neck out and saying, "Hey, this is the long term forecast. What we think the fall and winter is going to hold." Uh, we do that in October, um, and then. Sometime in November, when I gain a little more confidence in what the winter is going to look like from uh, really a diversity of, of uh, folks that work in long-term seasonal forecasting, um, I grab information from them um, and pull that together and, again, stick my neck out and try to say what the long-term forecast is going to be. But we do this each week. Um, so the, the best bet for, you know, seeing what days birds are going to be moving is that weekly stuff because those, those, those come from seven-day forecasts, and those are pretty solid nowadays. Um, and then we do a, a, a full season wrap up where I point out all the things that I said was, were going to happen that never did. Um, and vice versa, things that happened that, that we didn't, that we didn't see coming. Yeah. And this is a pretty exciting week, if you will, to have you on to talk about this because I'm here in Memphis and I know last week we had a pretty, uh, pretty strong cold snap. It brought some sub-freezing temperatures to our area this far south. And looking at the forecast uh, here over the coming week, I think we're going to have some additional uh, really cold weather move into this part of the country, the eastern U.S. So we actually have something to talk about, I think. Is that right? Yeah, we do. I mean, Thursday, Friday looks like, um, you know, best bet for for, for movement. I mean, I've even got, um, you know, pintails, which, you know, pintails are not, they, they're kind of, they're kind of a little bit early relative to say a mallard or a black duck. And, you know, we've even got 
uh, forecasted pintail movement, maybe even out of the latitude of Memphis to some places further south. Very slight movement, if any, you know, um, in general. But yeah, lots of lots of stuff going on. Um, good, good. I would say, you know, relatively early season cold front stuff. So when you say uh, the the models indicate pintails would be in some cases would be moving out of the Memphis latitude, that doesn't mean that you're forecasting all pintails to move south of Memphis. That just means that. You, if if we had pintails in Memphis, let's say last week, it would not be unexpected to see some of those move farther south. But meanwhile, you might have some that are still farther north that would continue their move south. Is that a fair way to look at it? Yeah, that, that, yeah, that's exactly it. You got to think of these birds as kind of rolling in numbers, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, the the you're, you're going to have some leave. You know, if you had if you had ten thousand, you know, in a location, you might be at you know, maybe, maybe you lose a thousand of those birds, but that doesn't mean you don't pick up, pick up other ones. Um, especially this early in the season right now, when we get the, what you really got to watch with this weather severity index, if if you do uh, go online and look at our weekly updates is when the numbers really skyrocket, right. At a location. Um, that's, that's when you're going to see major movements, right. Um, I mean, when, when things came into North Dakota recently, I mean, this North Dakota in the coming week, um, if it hasn't had a full mass exodus is, is going to be getting close to that. Right. Um, for all species other than mallards. I mean, that's, it indicates that mallards should be moving a little bit, but it's not that strong yet because they're big, big ducks that just, you know, hang on forever. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. And so to give people a little bit of a picture of what, what I'm, uh, what you produce, the product that you have as a result of this, I'm actually holding a printout in my hand here and you have a series of locations you have, and you've generated this index for, I think we said on the last show uh, seven or six or seven different species because species differ in their tolerance of this winter of uh, weather severity, and you have a series of locations as far north as Churchill, Manitoba, and coming as far south as Memphis, Tennessee. I don't think you have any locations farther south than Memphis, Tennessee, and we'll talk about that a little bit, uh, the significance of that. But you have other places like Devil's Lake, North Dakota, Columbus, Ohio, Syracuse, New York, Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, you have, you produce these uh, these. Uh, numbers, if you will, uh, and you've color coded them, and based on that that coloration, it will indicate whether you should see, whether you should expect to see, uh, whether you should expect to see an increasing abundance or decreasing abundance or relatively stable abundance. And the other thing that I want to emphasize here, perhaps on on your behalf, is that these are based on long term average relationships, right? It's not, and 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 they're uh, they're in effect at sort of large relatively large scales. Is that, is that a fair way to think about it as well? Yeah, it is. And, and so I would never look at these as, as like a ultimate, whether I'm going to have a good hunt or a bad hunt. I mean, local conditions make all the difference. Right. Um, and so this is, this, this, this gives you a sense of what, um, the coming week has to offer. Um, and, and we also compare these, we just started to add something this week, which I, I think is going to be very interesting as we go on in the years is, uh, you know, compared to last year. So at this time last year, how do conditions, uh, what do they look like? And, and what, where, where are we regarding duck migration compared to, to last year? So it, it really relativizes everything um, and gives us a general sense about whether we should be seeing numbers of birds in an area or decreasing. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. 
Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com. Is this the time of the year when you have a bit greater confidence in your ability to predict movements because prior to this time, let's say, we knew all the birds were north, right? That It's that first movement out of the north when you're, you, you can have, especially when you have strong weather events, when you can have greatest confidence that you're going to see movements? Um, yeah, it's, it's largely when, you know, when, the, when you have a whole entire season – and we're probably going to get into last year, right? Where weather was, where, where weather is up and down and up and down. Um, and birds are just kind of milling around that, that, that makes it really, really difficult when there aren't these good, strong, cold fronts. Um, it makes it, it makes it difficult. You know, the other thing I find with, with people is, is, is that, and this isn't any, I, I'm the same way. You, you don't tend to remember more than like a year or two ago. Um, and so what we see like this, you know, this, this cold front that's coming is pretty good, but it's not anything overly substantial. I mean, yeah, it's going to snow in Syracuse, New York, but we're going to get like 1.4 inches. You know, we're a place that gets like 200 inches of snow yeah. a year. So you have a so long way to go before you get there. Substantial. We got a long ways to go. And so this is where I kind of try to temper people. And, and, you know, I see a lot of reports of, you know, you know, birds are on the move, birds are on the move. And I'm looking at it going a little bit. Right. But it's it's the big it's the big systems that that are helpful and you can really see it in the weather severity index jump. Um, the other stuff makes it more difficult because, again, birds kind of trickle through um, some leaves, some show up. It's not you know, there's a lot of years where we don't see this mass migration where you can be out, you know, hunting a field or a marsh and it's just birds streaming over and over and over and birds coming into your decoys. Um, I mean, everybody. We all live for those days, um, but we don't get we don't get that type of migration every single year. Sometimes it's just a trickle. Yeah. And, and yeah. I'm looking at the yeah. comparison to last year. You referenced that this time last year, uh, you were no longer generating forecasts for Churchill, Manitoba. It was already frozen out. That's the other thing. Once once these northern latitudes get to once they exceed the threshold by some degree, everything freezes out. You no longer generate the forecast for those locations. You're still generating a forecast for Churchill this year, but this time last year you weren't. And folks will probably remember last November we had some really, really cold weather and then then things changed. You know, it warmed up and then we had an incredible amount of precipitation across the eastern US. And uh, I sort of touching on that topic in your original publication for the development of this weather severity index, you mentioned that you did not uh, your index doesn't account for precipitation. So as well as as the index may do in predicting forecast or forecasting movements over a large scale over a long time frame, there can always be anomalous events such as unprecedented rainfall that creates habitat beyond anything we've seen in recent memory and and that kind of throws a wrench into the into the forecast. Is that right? Yeah, it, it does. It definitely does. Um, landscape level flooding, like we saw last year. Um, you know, you, you can have a lot of snow on the ground, and it can be cold. But if you've got running rivers that are three feet out of their banks, um, and at, at northern latitudes, uh, it, and they're going to be in a lot of cornfields, and that's going to hold. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going with millions of ducks at latitudes that 
you know, would they'd usually have moved out of. Um, we do have enough, you know, into these new forecasts that go beyond mallards and have all the other species in there. Uh, we have 20 that the, that comes from data from 26 locations, and some of those are in river systems. So we pick up some of that background um, in, in the in the data, you know, some of that variation. Um, but but we can't capture every metric, right? Um, we went for weather because, you know, the way I look at it is you can have all kinds of food on the landscape. You can have, you know, um, all kinds of roosting areas and refuge and everything. But when it gets cold enough and snowy enough for long enough, those birds can't stay most of the time. And so we went for that. But there's all kinds of things, you know, food availability, um, disturbance, refugia, you know, what ways the winds have been blowing, you know, all types of things that are also affecting uh, duck migration that, that we, we can't account for everything. Right. So we, I think weather was the logical one to go yeah. for. Well, Mike, thanks again for, for all the work that you've done to help us understand waterfowl migration in ways that we had not been able to before. We're able to quantify some of these factors that, that influence migration. It's not a perfect model. No models are, especially when we're talking about phenomena of nature. But it allows us, uh, it allows us to develop a, a little bit of a better understanding of the way the system works and, and understand how it may influence um, the things that we enjoy doing. I know the weather that's on the way down is exciting for a lot of people, especially the folks that are, all, that are in places where the hunting season is, is underway. I think it's also exciting for people whose hunting season is, um, is on the doorsteps. And so I would encourage folks to, to um, Look, look into some of this information and learn a little bit more about it. We're going to try to have you on again uh, in, over, the, over the winter and probably even have you on at the end of the season to do sort of a recap. We can talk about a whole a host of other issues related to this, uh, refinements to any of the models. How, you know, there's a, I know you're always looking for ways to improve models and our understanding, and so there's no shortage of things that we can talk about with respect to this. So uh, any, any final words from you, Mike, uh, with respect to our, our discussion? I, I think what I enjoy most about um, these weekly forecasts is we, we get a lot of feedback. I get emails. Um, I get, you know, interaction with folks on social media that are, that are thanking us for, for putting these out. And I think, you know, in a very busy world, um, this is a great hunter recruitment and retention tool because um, the more better days we can give people and the, the greater uh, possibility of them having, you know, quality hunting. Um, I think, I think that puts us in a lot better place as a, as a waterfall um, hunting community, especially if they're getting kids out or other family members or people that haven't waterfall hunted before and picking a day that looks pretty good. Um, you know, that's, that's sometimes tough to do by just looking at the newspaper or watching the evening news. Um, and we try to boil that down into something that's uh, pretty, pretty straightforward. And I mean, I even put in there that, Hey, it looks like Thursday, Friday is your best bet, you know? Um, I, and I, you know, I, again, I am sticking my neck out a little bit, but it's better than not having any information out there. Well, that's right. And as long as people realize there's so much variation in the system that no single prediction is going to be accurate every time. Uh, this is just sort of long term what you can ex- what you can expect. And we're applying the data as best we understand it. And that's really all we can do. Mike, if people wanted to learn a little bit more about this, find some of this information, where could they do that? Yeah, that's that's great. Um, we're the easiest way to find us is to go to um, Google and just Google Schumer duck migration. Um, it will come up right underneath the Ducks Unlimited migration page that y'all have. Um, and it's Schumer, S-C-H-U-M-M-E-R, 
and then duck migration. Um, we're also on Facebook. Our, our lab is on Facebook. We post a lot of stuff on there regarding uh, bird movements, and that's just at our waterfall. If you just put at our waterfall, and it'll it'll come up right away for you. And there's a lot of links on there that that talk about um, weather and duck migration and such as well. Thanks again for coming on. We will we look forward to having you back. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. Thanks again to our guest today, Dr. Mike Schumer. We uh, look forward to having him back on the podcast. I also want to thank our producer, Clay Baird, and thanks to each of you for supporting Ducks Unlimited. Thank you for listening to this episode of the DU Podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show and visit www.ducks.org slash podcast for resources based on today's topics, as well as access to more episodes. Opinions expressed by guests do not necessarily reflect those of Ducks Unlimited. Until next time, stay tuned to the Ducks. You and your dog are a team. Fuel is best in the field and in life with Purina Pro Plan Sport. Made for hardworking dogs of all ages, every sport formula starts with real meat as the number one ingredient and is specifically formulated to support strength and stamina. Try it today and see why ProPlan is the official dog food of Ducks Unlimited. Learn more at ProPlanSport.com.